From the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's the second hour of Sports Talk here on News Talk 1493.9 FM, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Ospison, and Scott Ritchie, delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. This is not Steve Kelly, unfortunately. This is uh, Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette. Steve is on the mend. Uh, send him the best wishes uh, we can. But uh, got a nice show here planned tonight at the Esquire. Thanks to all the loyal fans that come out each and every Monday. We really do appreciate that. Scott Ritchie's here. Bob Osmussen's here. We're going to talk some Illinois softball later in the show with uh, associate head coach Laura Trout and two uh, of the Illini's best players, pitcher Sidney Sickles and second baseman Avery Steiner. But uh, Bob, Scott, where do you want to go? Football? Basketball? Start. I think he's doing all right. I haven't t- touched base with him yet this afternoon, but talked talk to him briefly this morning. So seem to be in good spirits. Yeah. Yeah. We were going to have you host the show, Bob, but uh, if you want to, feel free. You have a microphone. I'm not any better. So, uh, But Illinois football, coming off a big win uh, this past Saturday, 41-3 to at Northwestern. These two gentlemen to my left were up at Ryan Field in Evanston, uh, seeing Brett Bielema's team beat the pants off the the Wildcats, so they're eight and four now. So the big question is, what bowl game are the Illini going to? I will say that I'm going to be wrong. So whatever I say will be wrong. Okay. So what game do you want to go to? I'll say something else, and they'll probably go to the game you want. So I'll I'll say just for fun, they'll go to the Citrus Bowl. Citrus Bowl. Citrus Bowl, All right. which That's will be uh, Orlando uh-huh. fun game, a game they've been to, I think in. Uh, I think one, 1990, one mm-hmm. they got smoked. Clemson just no, killed. they they smoked Virginia. Oh, oh that's a, that's yep. a, I yep. guess those you're, you're two games. Florida Bulls confused. Correct. So they never lost next year to Clemson. It's like there's too many bowl games. <laughs> <laughs> there's not, but anyway, so I, I'll say a Citrus Bowl. Citrus Bowl. That's yes. where uh, Jeff George beat up on Virginia. That's a good game. Thirty-one twenty-one. That was nineteen ninety. Maybe the second best deal on the team I've seen. So. All right, Scott, where are they going bowling? Well, you know my dream is the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Why Why is that? Just in case Illinois wins, then Brett Bielma would have a Gatorade cooler full of mayonnaise dumped on his head. And the potential for a viral video is so high <laughs> that I just I, I want it to happen. But 8-4 and four, it's probably too good for the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Um, I'm going to go with and I'm going to use the wrong name because I don't like the new one. The Outback Bowl. It's not the Outback Bowl in Tampa. Anymore, it's, the Re- it's the ReliaQuest Bowl. No one knows what ReliaQuest is. Exactly. I don't. I know what Outback is, so that's the one. That's okay. what I'll say. They, Illinois has been to that bowl game in the past when it was the Hall of Fame Bowl. That's the one in, in Tampa, 30 Florida. 30 nothing. I believe it was 30 strong. nothing lost to Clemson. Clemson. That Clemson team was loaded. 
They, they had were. a zillion great players. Yep. They Bunch of first-round draft picks, so they were great. So you've got Bob's got him going to Tampa. Scott's got him going to – no, Scott's got him going to Tampa. Bob's got him going to Orlando. I would take Nashville, New yes. City Bowl. I, I, that, to me, is the, the premier destination for Illinois. I mean, I think in terms of destination, that's what I would choose. But I I think the Re, the Relia Quest Bowl, I'll use the right name, I think it's a little higher profile. I don't really know. There's too many bowl games. But no, El, even if there no. were fewer, which there should be, Illinois would still be good enough to go to a good bowl game this year. Yeah, and, and those uh, those two bowl games in Florida we mentioned, the Citrus Bowl and the ReliaQuest Bowl, those are on January 2nd this year because New Year's Day is on a Sunday. So, of course, sports has to stop for the NFL on Sunday. And then the traditional New Year's Day bowl games will be on January 2nd. The Music City Bowl, which is in Nashville, played at Nissan Stadium there. That is on New Year's Eve at that would be 11, awesome. 11 a.m. on a Saturday. I would, uh, I would favor that strongly. Th- those first three bowls we mentioned, the – the ReliaQuest Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, and the Music City Bowl all have Big Ten SEC partnerships. Right. So if Illinois is going to go to those bowl games, you're looking at maybe LSU, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Kentucky. Good teams. Really good State. teams. I'd like to go to a Mike Leach press conference. Why Why is that? Because he's is nuts. wild. <laughs> he's he's like, you he's never like, know what he's going to say. He's like Jim Harbaugh, only better that, that way, talking-wise. And he's a pretty good coach, too. Uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl, which Scott mentioned, that's a Big Ten ACC tie, and that's in Charlotte. That's on uh, December 30th, I believe, still an 11 a.m. kick for that one. That would be so. the most winnable of those games you talk about. Possibly. I possibly. Would think. I yeah. kind of outlined all four of those potential destinations in, in tomorrow's paper for the Illini. The question is, who is Illinois going to have with the team that day? And that's a great question because I, as I look at it right now, several players will not be in this game. Several. I, maybe maybe as many as six or seven. I don't think well, they that's, br- that's kind of several. Several. Six, six or seven. Six or seven. That's, that's I don't think several. the I don't think the Brown twins are playing. I don't think there's a. Uh, I don't think I don't think a bunch of them would be in the game. Okay. Uh, we've uh, we've hit our quota for the one phone call per week already on the show. So nowhere to go but up. But uh, we've got Aaron on the line. Aaron, you're on uh, Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. Go ahead. Uh, thank you, Eric. That's okay. My <laughs> um, question is, did you guys see that um, Cade McNamara from Michigan was in the transfer portal? And I thought he would fit perfectly, probably the Brandon Peters mole from Illinois. And he's not Brandon Peters, more to the point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that would make a lot – if Tommy DeVito is not back, when I heard Lauren talk a lot about this this morning with Brian, if he's not back, then I think that's, that's definitely an option. And we'll, probably would be – be kind of a guy that would fit them, and obviously he'd love to play. They're not playing Michigan next year, but he's got three years left, I think. So he or two, two years, yeah. So two I think years. that's that'd be an option. Definitely be not be an option. Scott, what are your your thoughts yeah. on Cade McNamara? Well, he did just have season-ending knee surgery, so I guess you question when he would be not be ready available. Yeah, like um, I think if you bring in a quarterback in the portal, like you want him. Playing in the spring. In the spring. That's a so, great point. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he could. Maybe the, the surgery was great and he'll be fully recovered. But, I mean, Illinois is going to add a transfer quarterback. I think they almost have to. Again, if Brett Bielma can't work his crazy magic and get Tommy DeVito an extra year of eligibility, then I'm not sure how he would even qualify for it. But it happened with Alex Palczewski, so I imagine it could happen again. Um, they have to have somebody. Cause they have to have somebody. Uh, 
terrific guy, not the answer at quarterback. And then I don't think uh, you know, Donovan Leary as a redshirt freshman. I mean, do you put all that responsibility on him? Will he be ready? Probably not. So right. they have to make a move. And the other thing is they're, they're going to be missing a lot of really good players from the current team next year. Offensive line is going to be rebuilt. Uh, new running back, new starting running back. Uh, missing some really good players. Now they have some good, nice pieces too. Isaiah Williams would be back and some of their players like that. But I think uh, they're going to have some issues that way, and they need a quarterback who really knows what he's doing. Bob, what are your thoughts on players opting out of bowl games? I'm okay with it because I, I saw – I think there was a tight end from Michigan. I think it was Jake Butt of a couple of years ago. He got tore his knee up in the, in the bowl. He's doing the right thing for him, playing the game. He got hurt and basically cost himself – a lot of money in maybe his career. So I think, and he's done a couple of Illinois games this year and talked about it a little, that a little bit. So I think you've got to be thinking about your future, your career. I think it would be great if the guys want to play. That's totally awesome. But if they want to not play in the game, that that's fine too. What it happens is other guys, like a Reggie Love, get a chance to step up and play. So Chase Brown's going to go on. Reggie Love's going to be the one beneficiary. So I think it's fine. No problem with that. A lot more football talk coming up here uh, later on in the show, but there is a uh, important men's basketball game uh, here in Champaign tomorrow night. The Illini, who are 16th in the latest Associated Press Top 25 poll that came out earlier today, hosts Syracuse, uh, 6.30 p.m. tip on Tuesday night at State Farm Center. Uh, significant game for multiple reasons. Uh, one being this is the likely the last Big Ten ACC challenge It is game. the last. We'll it's don't know like, what's going to happen like 100 years from now. It's over. Day. It's over? Okay. Yep. Well, the Big Ten ACC challenge is no more after this year. Why? Uh, ESPN decided so. Because the Big Ten chose not ESPN for its media rights. Ah, okay. So you get it. <laughs> the you light get, bulb just went on. You get, you get so it it's going to be the ACC-SEC challenge because uh-huh. the ESPN has the rights to both. There you go. Maybe you see something with the Big tw- Big Ten, Big Twelve possibility. Maybe the Big road. East would be my better well, that, preference. The Gavit Games has one more year left on its original deal next season. Then, because both are, f- you know, very invested with Fox, I imagine that's going to happen. That will continue. Yeah, that's that, that makes sense. Uh, one of the most I, most well known, I guess, most iconic college basketball coaches. Oh yeah. Is coming to town, probably is in town right now. Don't know if we've seen if Syracuse has landed yet here in Champaign. But Jim Beheim will be making his first ever coaching appearance maybe in, you can in stop Champaign. Here. Stop by, yeah, Esquire maybe I'll stop tonight. by at the Esquire. We'll have him on as a guest. Sure, come on, co- come on by, coach. We'll, we'll welcome you in. Uh, but he'll be playing, he'll be coaching tomorrow night. Syracuse, uh, obviously, Illinois and Syracuse don't have the greatest, longest tradition at all. I think they played three times, three times. The last yeah, they, was what? in 1995. First, they, ti- first time, too, I believe this is like an on-campus game between correct. the two programs. The best game, obviously, between, between the two was obviously 89. Best game if you're an Illinois fan. Well, if you're a Syracuse well, fan. Well, that's a good point, but I think how many NBA first-rounders win that game? Like mm-hmm. 10. So, mm-hmm. pretty good game. Yeah, and, and we had uh, Mike Pearson, uh, the author of Illinois, Illini Legends, Listen Lore, had a Nice write-up in, in Sunday's News Gazette about uh, about that 89 game between the Atlanta and, and Syracuse that happened in, in Minneapolis. So, uh, Scott, you just got done talking to Brad Underwood and uh, and his team. What uh, What's the latest over at State Farm Center? Well, I mean, as far as the Big Ten ACC challenge goes, uh, Brad Underwood said, you know, all good things must come to an end, and it will. Um, but, like, 
there are options. You know, I think you know the the Big Twelve could you know since they lost their partner in the SEC for their kind of yearly matchup, that's an option. Or and maybe this would be not a bad idea. Illinois schedules a home and home for alternating years with a really good team, and you, they still bring good basketball to Champaign at least you know every other year. Um, they can fill that game on their own. I think if they if they really wanted to. Um, otherwise. Uh, been putting a lot of work in on zone offense to uh, counter what is uh, Jim Beheim's signature 2-3 zone. And on the injury front, uh, Luke Goody is off crutches, still in a boot, but you know, he's been doing a lot of form shooting. And um, at you know, the newly renovated oven, they have an underwater treadmill, and he's been able to you know, do some I think, light exercise on that. So He's progressing nicely as far as his injury goes. That will certainly add a little more depth to the roster, another shooter. Um, but then, I mean, obviously, you know, Brad Underwood talked you know, pretty highly of Syracuse. And, you know, they have some good players like Joe Girard, their senior guard, and, you know, uh, Jesse Edwards. There's, uh, I guess he's maybe a redshirt junior, but a veteran center. Um, to counter that, like, Syracuse is just isn't very good. They're maybe the third best team in the state of New York this year. They've already lost at home to Colgate at home uh, on a neutral to St. John's and they lost at home on Saturday to Bryant when there was the slap fight that happened and several players were ejected. Several Syracuse assistants were actually ejected because they left the bench area. Um, don't know what impact that'll have on tomorrow's game, but uh, Jim Be- Beheim did just win his 1,000th career game again for the second time <laughs> after he had, I think, 103 um, Taken away because of various NCAA violations. So he's had a lot of success. His teams, this is maybe one of those teams that really underachieves, but then backs its way into the Sweet 16. That's kind of his, kind of his thing. So we'll see what happens. But I think Illinois is probably going to end up like a double-digit favorite tomorrow night, and they should be because they have more talent. All right. Well, we're off and roll, off and rolling here at the Esquire, and uh, we're going to take our first break and uh, come back and talk some Illini softball right after the break. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Illini family, this is Brad Underwood. We'll see you tomorrow at the State Farm Center and catch game day coverage starting two hours before tip-off. Right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Welcome back to the Esquire. Make sure when you're visiting the Esquire Lounge to be sure to sample their signature drink, Scott Ritchie's favorite pineapple margaritas, all day, every day, 24-7, like Scott Ritchie with his pineapple margaritas. And he doesn't have a microphone right now to respond, because we've got uh, some Illinois softball players and Illinois softball associate head coach, Laura Trout, up on stage. Sydney Sickles, standout pitcher for the Atlanta, give her a hand. Avery Steiner. First team All-Big Ten, second baseman. Give her a hand. All right. First, we'll start with you, Coach. She what? doesn't get a hand. No, she can get Yeah, Laura Trout, associate head coach. Give her a hand if you want to. Yeah, why not? <laughs> what exactly does an associate head coach do? Uh, it's a little catch-all. Okay. A little bit of everything. Um, mostly recruiting. I'm in charge of recruiting. Um, you know, the the head coach is running around doing all kinds of stuff, and, and that's where I come in, and uh, I'm, I'm at the field um, in charge of practice, taking over things like that when uh, when Coach Perry's uh, 
doing her talks around town or meetings or things like that. So, I guess for the players, you had your fall you know, season. What what does softball look like now? You know, in the winter, maybe with you know the actual season you know to come. I guess one three months, but you know, a little closer. Is what are you doing now? So we have our um, last week of practices with the team, doing some individual work, and then after that, we're on our own until beginning of January. Um, we'll just kind of do our own workouts and um, getting our own work in, I guess. Avery, how nice is that? It's nice, but I like when we're able to all be together a little bit more and for a little bit longer. Um, but I'd say this time of the year is just like all the nitty-gritty details that we've kind of put into um, making sure like our craft's kind of perfected mm-hmm. by the time we start in February. So, yeah. Well, hopefully for those folks that have driven down uh, Florida Avenue and have seen Eichelberger Field in all its glory throughout the years, but there's a bright, shiny new building next to Eichelberger with the, the Alice Martin uh, Training Center. Uh, I guess, Sydney, first to you. What is it like being in that building? It's amazing. It's, I've never seen any facility like it before. Um, and it gives us the ability to go in there anytime during the day and, and get work in, whereas we were having to share the, the football indoor with a bunch of other teams during that time. So it's really nice that we can just go in there whenever we want. I guess so, Avery, have there been any you know, kind of crazy run-ins when, I don't know, football or baseball or soccer or whoever else uses Irwin or maybe trying to all get in there at the same time? Yeah, usually, um, and I guess that's kind of how important our new facility is for us. Um, it's just that new space. It's our own. We can make those memories and really get down to all the work that we want to get done. But And plus, you don't have to walk across the street in bad, cold weather. Uh, Laura, just what does it mean for the program to have a, f- a standalone practice facility like that that's right next to, to your game field? Well, when we were sharing uh, the Irwin Indoor, we have scheduled slots. Uh, and then when these guys want to work extra, uh, now they have that space. Now they have the ability to, you know, in between classes, because everybody's schedule is different. Um, after practice, maybe they want to work on something else. We don't. You know, it's their space, so they can stay. Um, this coming, you know, few weeks from now, they're going to be in finals. Uh, it's really nice that they're going to be able to have a little study break, go, go train, um, and football is going to be prepping for their bowl game um so they'll be in their space and we'll have ours and it's gonna be really nice um that they have that ability to kind of um work on their craft go ahead bob i'll ask both of you how much interaction is there between your team and other teams uh, baseball being baseball football i mean is there a lot of crossover is it i guess with the facility that was logical but beyond that how much you guys spend with the other teams who has the best parties <laughs> None of that. Come no on. comment. Uh, maybe no comment. <laughs> um, we see them a lot in like the var- uh, varsity. It's the athlete course, dining right. hall and um, in some classes, but not a not a ton of crossover. I would say. Well, baseball has their own now, so we don't really see them a ton. Um, but I'd say if we do interact, it's it's fun. We we like seeing each other, but we definitely like having our own space more. What is it like for for you guys to be student athletes walking around campus in the fall when say the football team is going like it has been? I mean, you guys have been here a while. You've seen it at the bottom and now it's kind of risen to the top. Is there just a different vibe uh, around campus at all right now in the fall? I think there's a there's more of an excitement to go to the, those games and to support them, support the basketball team, the football team. Um, yeah. It's like an event that everyone looks forward to. It's like, oh, you're going to the game. See you there. And, and even, like, we have our own student-athlete section at the football game, and it's packed. And before, when I was a freshman, maybe it wasn't. But it's really cool to see. 
Yes, for whoever wants to address this, you know, how did the fall go? What did you maybe learn you know, about this team? I'd say um, we really, really worked hard. We were pushed by our staff, and I think in prior years we might have felt that push as a little bit, you know, a sense of urgency. Hey, maybe pick up, pick up things. But this year, I felt like we were just like, okay, what else do you have to throw at us? And I think that's kind of a testament to the culture and just the level of play that we're bringing this year. I also think our freshmen have really adjusted well, and that's been something cool to see. Um, it's not always like that, and they're just getting right in there, um, being a part of those moments when we really have to push ourselves. You guys have a new pitching coach on staff, uh, Van Studeman. Heard she's a little bit of a firecracker. Uh, Sydney, what's it been like getting to know her and, and working with her so far these past few months? Yeah, she's awesome. I love her personality and the energy that she brings to um, the bullpen. Um, she just sees little details that, I mean, I've been pitching for how long? And to, see, to have that different um, perspective on some things, I think is going to help me elevate my game just that little bit more. Laura, what's it like working with, with Van and, and getting acclimated to her at all? Uh, um, I know uh, I used to actually face her okay. back in the day uh, when she was at Alabama. She used to call pitches against me and my team, and uh, um, she's one of the better pitch callers that I've ever had to kind of, you know, game plan against and things like that. And to have her in our corner and have her on our side in our dugout, uh, I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, I know – um, she's worked with all kinds of All-Americans, all kinds of big time, and I know she's going to get uh, the most out of the, the staff that we have now. Laura's a, uh, a proud University of Georgia graduate, so uh, go Bulldogs, I guess. <laughs> have you told Van at all, hey, why'd you, why'd you pitch me like that a decade ago or any, any conversations like that so far? We have lots of like fun conversations and things like that. Um, I know we have a lot of memories. Uh, there was, uh, I think it was my senior year, we were the number one team in the country, they were number two, and uh, I can just remember those battles. Um, and I'm telling you, she knows exactly what she's doing, and she's one of the ones that you had to really, really uh, just plan and game plan for. Uh, she's always one step ahead of you. <laughs> well, Sydney, you're a, a proud native of Indianola, Iowa. How the heck did you wind up in Champaign-Urbana? Yeah, so um, I was actually subbing for a travel ball team one weekend, and Coach Lance just happened to see me and asked me to come on a visit and came, and that was it. <laughs> so what did you think of the U of I? Um, it just felt like home. I'm sure everyone probably says they that. Do. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it really did, and the, the way that the players interacted with the coaches and Everyone was just so welcoming, and I just knew when I was here, I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Avery, you're a proud resident of Fowler, Ohio, which is in between breaks. Bob said that Ohio and Iowa are pretty much the same. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't disagree. How did you wind up here? Um, it was actually Coach Trout who saw me. I was uh, 15 at the time, back when uh, you could get recruited when you were young. Um, I did a camp, and... Really, she was the one who drew me to it. I, I loved her, and I took that chance. I remember visiting campus and meeting up with her one time, and I was like, well, if I have her here and Coach Perry and the staff, and I just felt like this university was so prestigious. It was the perfect mix of old and new, and I loved everything about it. Avery, what's it like going from a bright-eyed teenager that's probably scared to talk to a college coach to just kind of you know, getting in a groove and finding – out kind of your comfort zone and, and not only excelling off the field, but like first team all Big Ten last season, excelling on the field too. 
Um, I think it's also just feeling comfortable. Like it, it's just a testament to our culture. Like I have a very comfortable relationship with the coaches as well as my teammates, and I think that just allows all of us to grow and kind of reach that potential. So. I know how football works in terms of who are the best conferences. Where's softball? Where's Big Ten softball in the hierarchy? I assume SEC is awfully good. They win a lot. But tell me where the Big Ten falls. Uh, the past 10 years, you see the, the SEC emerge uh, in, in the sport of softball just because of you know the oh, SEC and right. yeah, in almost all sports. Um, uh, but Pac-12 traditionally oh, is sure. is where a, a lot of the softball championships um, are home to, and then obviously Oklahoma um, and the Big 12, um, they've been kind of dominant the past few years. So Big Ten is kind of like next level beyond those three, probably. Uh, top to bottom, uh, I th- I think we're we're really kind of cracking. We we, we last year I think we had six teams okay. uh, in the tournament, um, which is more than the Big 12, um, but they, but. They're they're really top heavy. Uh, the SEC is very very top heavy. Um, they they usually put the most in. Okay. And bottom bottom line for you guys, the first goal obviously is getting the tournament, right? Is that the number number one above everything else or not? I guess win the Big Ten and all that too. Uh, win, win the Big Ten. Um, okay. It's it's definitely obtainable. Um, we Coach Ray and I were just talking about this today. Uh, we were about three, just you know, silly losses away. Uh, from being tied with Northwestern, who won it last year, um, and we beat them uh, on our own field last year, and they were a World Series team. So it's definitely okay. something that's within our grasp. Cindy, so it, it struck me as unique uh, with Coach Perry is like she has like an actual rotation for for pitchers because sometimes softball, you know, you've got one pitcher and she does all of the throwing. What's it been like to maybe have you know, a group that has you know kind of maybe grown together, been successful together? It's been really cool to um, have us all grow together and see how we can work with each other. You know, there's some pitchers who are maybe throwing more up, and then there's some that are throwing more down. So having that mix and being able to work together instead of having one person who's throwing all the time, and it's it's more of a like a family with those six girls. Sydney, what's your uh, what's your pregame routine like? Take me through when say, hey, Minnesota is there on a Saturday. It's uh, the world's largest tailgate. From the time you wake up in the morning, what's what goes on in your day? Um, I mean, just wake up, eat some breakfast, maybe have some coffee, okay. head to the field. Um, what's for breakfast? Well, probably some eggs and okay. sausage or something like that. All right. <laughs> And then um, we you have usually a personal g- mat. I'm just trying to get behind the get behind the players. What do you have after the game too? Yeah. Um, well, then we get to the field and um, hang out with the team. Okay. Um, hang out in the locker room for a while. Get dressed. Is there a pregame playlist at all in the locker room? Um, yeah. Okay. It kind of depends on the day. Okay. Yeah. Songs I wish you it don't know. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? It's yeah, yeah. true. Definitely as long as I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Sure. There, there's, there's no EDM clash Sunday. in the locker room. That's right. all right, Bob. That's okay. EDM Sunday. Yes. Do you have any superstitions at all before you start not warming up or going out on the field or anything? Not really. Okay. I'm not much of a superstitious person. Okay, so. fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Avery, what's it like playing infield behind Sydney when she's out there in the circle? Just how comfortable do you feel with her uh, when she's uh, when she's dealing um, very comfortable. Uh, also, she doesn't really give me many balls on the ground. <laughs> she usually strikes them out instead. <laughs> um, no, but she's awesome. Just like the calm sense that she brings to the infield. Like, I mean, there could be bases loaded, you know, 
you know, they're trying to score that last run to win, and like we're like Sydney's out there, we're fine. So, Laura, it's you know, three years after it was supposed to happen. Illinois is going to host the Big Ten tournament at Eichelberger Field. What what can that maybe mean for the program? Um, first, let's don't jinx it. <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> yeah, there, Illinois was supposed to host it in 2020, and then obviously a, a lot happened. Uh, so let's hopefully that doesn't happen again in 2023. But uh, yeah, what does that mean just for the program? Uh, because of where we are now, um, and just kind of these guys have been, you know, kind of the same where they were supposed to host, you know, three years ago, and then two, you know, and so it's it's really exciting. The anticipation that you can kind of definitely feel it. Um, and then, like I mentioned earlier, um, winning it on our field, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's something that we truly believe um, is very possible. It's something that we, you know, we talk about every day at practice. It's one of our goals. Um, it's it's going to be really exciting. Uh, there is a little bit of, you know, when you, you are hosting, everybody's here. Everybody's in town. There's a lot of distractions. Um, so we've got to make sure we take care of those type of things. But the excitement is there, um, and it's going to be really special. Avery, what's that like? Because you guys start the season in mid-February, usually someplace warm, uh, not that many distractions, probably honestly not that many fans in attendance either. Then you go from from that to potential you know, Big Ten tournament where the lights are on, we'll be out there covering it. What, how do you guys handle different aspects like that at all? Um, obviously just the home field advantage is great, having our fans be there for us and in majority numbers. Um, but I think honestly just looking at it as we're grateful that it's at our place and taking advantage of it. Laura, what's it like for you to see the Women's College World Series just in the last 10, 12 years just kind of explode in popularity? I mean, all the games are on ESPN affiliates, it's jam-packed attendance down there in Oklahoma City. I'm sure that's gotta be such a, a cool moment for you. It's really awesome to watch just the growth of the sport. Um, uh, kind of just like we talked about, the the Big Ten is, is growing with softball. Um, the whole country has grown with softball. Um, and th- I want to say two or three years ago, they just finished the expansion of the stadium. Uh, so they have an upper deck. And uh, not this past summer, but summer before, I, I actually went to the World Series. Um, it was my, my head coach's right before she retired, and I got to see the upper deck and, and things like that. Just the excitement around our sport. Um, it's incredible. We're, we're playing on TV almost every day. You can accidentally watch a softball game if you cut your TV on. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's really awesome. Um, that time of year, it's, uh, it's a special place. Um, it's what every softball player probably dreams about. It's what I, was, I, I dreamed about when I was playing. Um, and then to see the, the growth of it, how many eyes are on, on our sport, um, it's, it's really awesome. Is the pace of play a big deal, a positive for you guys? How fast the games are? Is that you think that helps a lot in terms of just attention and interest on TV and all that kind of stuff? I personally, somebody who loves baseball, uh, I love the pace of it. It doesn't bother me. But I think just knowing, just from my family and how they talk, or just you know anyone in 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 the audience probably appreciates how quick paced a softball game is. Um, You know. The speed of play they're not throwing to first base picking off people all the time it just it's it's really quick paced um i do think that that has contributed to the growth and the popularity of it sydney what's it like for you to see the game just kind of expand so much especially in your uh your time here at the university but also from the time you started playing the game as a, as a young girl yeah it's it's crazy to see how much it's grown and i can't even think of a lot of games that I watched on TV when I was younger and now having that ability to just accidentally watch a softball game is cool. 
You guys are both fifth year seniors, correct? All right, what's, what's in the future for you after you get done and graduate from this fine university and lead Illinois to the first Women's College World Series appearance in program history? No pressure, I'm putting it on your head. Um, I actually want to start a career in coaching, uh, so looking into that. Um, so we'll see you up here on stage in about 10 years or so. Yes, okay. that's the plan. All right. Oh, me too. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> yep. Any particular, you know, start high schools, colleges? College, yep. Okay. Yeah, college also. Why? Why? Because of them. Okay. <laughs> They've really uh, just, like, had this experience. They've made it so awesome. And just the things that they do for us, I really feel like I want to do that for other athletes. And just where the game's going, it's going to be really, really fun. Yeah, I think just the positive impact that they've been able to make on us and having that on other people and just staying around the game as long as I can. What's it like hearing those words, Laura? Does it just melt your heart? <laughs> I mean, that's exactly why I got into coaching, so it, it does, um, especially these guys. Uh, I mean, if you think about how long I've got to know them, um, that's what it's about is, like, the relationships you build with them. Um, when we recruited Avery, even even Sydney, it was before when we could recruit well into their, their high school years, so I th- we were a sophomore. So I think about that. She's a fifth year now. I've known her since she was a sophomore. It's just it's really awesome to, to hear that, and they're gonna they're gonna make great coaches. I know that. Have either of you taken advantage of NIL? You have bad deals or club <laughs> deals or anything like that or not? I've done a couple. Yeah, um, it's a really really cool opportunity, and it's just right. it's what you make of it too. It's the energy you want to put into it. You know, it might be too much to swing sometimes, but if you want to make money, it's always a good opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, I've done a couple, um, nothing major, but yeah. Do you, I assume you guys both think it's proper and it's great that that ha- finally happened, right? Yeah, I think it's cool to see that there's so many people who can take that to the next level. Mm-hmm. Laura, I mean, as you mentioned, that the recruiting rules have changed and you can't maybe recruit high school sophomores anymore or eighth graders you know, at some point. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I just, what difference has that made, I guess, since you're, you know, that's kind of one of your main areas of focus? Uh, you, you get to see an athlete that's a little bit more mature um, in their ability, but also in their decision-making. Um, so when you're recruiting and you, you're, you know, identify the athletes that you're targeting, um, they're a little bit further on their process. They're a little bit further in their um, development, and it's, it's, you have more of an idea of who the, the player that they're going to be. Um, so, you know, as, in, as a recruiter, you're, you're going to have your misses, um, but it just, if you do your homework, you get to know these kids, you, you know, you, you watch them a lot, it's a lot less likely now that they're a little bit more developed. All right, well, that uh, is about to wrap it up for this segment. I want to thank Laura Trout, the associate head coach for Illinois softball, Sydney Sickles, standout pitcher for the line, and Avery Seiner, first team All Big Ten, second baseman. Uh, thanks again for stopping by the Esquire here. We're going to take a quick break and be right back to wrap up the show. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, Illini family. It's Illini women's basketball coach Shauna Green. Don't miss a minute of Illini basketball this season on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, DWS. We are back. We're back at the Esquire Lounge to uh, to wrap up Monday night sports talk. For daily specials and upcoming events, follow the Esquire Lounge on Facebook while you're sipping a pineapple margarita that Scott Ritchie loves to drink all day, every day. Here at the Esquire. I like how I've just turned you into like a raging alcoholic on this show. Uh, For my mother, who listens to this podcast every week, 
It's not true. You've, ish. You've, you've, ish. You've, uh, you've, you've, you've had some good times here at the Esquire, though. Have I frequented the Esquire? Yes. Okay. But you can't have, like, pineapple margaritas all of the time. Well, yeah, that'd be really bad. Probably not for breakfast, at least. Yeah, no. Not, not, definitely not for breakfast, Bob. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be back here uh, next Monday, hoping to get someone from the Illinois football program here next Monday as our guest. I know December 12th. Uh, here that Monday, we have Petros Kipriano, the new Illinois uh, track and field director. Uh, he's not just a coach, he's a director. Um, and then on December 19th, uh, Illinois baseball coach Dan Hartlib is going to stop by here at the Esquire. So that's kind of our, our lineup. Again, we're hoping to get someone from Illinois football, player, coach, uh, anyone from the Illinois football program for next Monday uh, to talk their upcoming bowl game. Uh, but there was some big, uh, big coaching news this weekend of the Big Ten, Bob, and uh, great hires, in your opinion, probably. Always, always. always. But, but I think in this case, definitely. Nebraska hired Matt Rule uh, on Saturday, the uh, former Baylor coach, Temple coach, right. fired coach of the Carolina won, Panthers. Won 10 games at, B- at Temple twice. True. That's, that's an accomplishment. So I think that was a good, good hire. And then Sunday afternoon, kind of a surprise, one yeah. I didn't really see coming, uh, Luke Fickle to right. Wisconsin. So the Big Ten West. Definitely got better in the coaching department. This is what I wrote for tomorrow, mm-hmm. just how good that division is right now. It's it's as good as it's ever been in my time, really, as long as those divisions have been there. It, the Big Ten has really loaded up, and that's a good thing for the conference. So they're all, all going to be one more year of that. So we'll see what happens after that. But, again, you always like the Big Ten to get better coaches, and they clearly just upgraded a lot in both spots. Yeah, I mean, the, the fickle move kind of surprised me because obviously Michigan State went after him pretty hard right? uh, a couple years ago uh, then decided to give $95 million to Mel Tucker. He might have taken uh, it with that money. But yeah, I, I think anyone would have. <laughs> if you wouldn't have, then you'd probably start to have questions. But but then he, he stayed at Cincinnati, took him to the college football playoff last year, uh, and they're making the move to the Big 12. But uh, I guess he just decided that it was too good an opportunity to, to pass up in Wisconsin. And it was surprising, too, because when they when Illinois beat Wisconsin, forcing Chris McIntosh to fire Paul Christ, they promoted Jim Leonard, right. uh, former standout safety there, defensive coordinator, interim coach. And I think everyone kind of thought – he was kind of the head coach in waiting. I just thought, thought of something. Okay, that's, let's that's say. Oh God. Let's say, Ryan Ryan Walters leaves Illinois. It's possible. We, also, Ryan Walters, a Broyles Award finalist, right, bro, announced I'm a, today. I'm a voter in that. So. Uh, one of five finalists for the top assistant coaches in, in the country. So let's say he leaves to take a head coaching job. He probably got uh, his replacement at Wisconsin. Jim I'm Leonard. Gu- I'm guessing. Come that's, on down to Champagne. That's such a logical thing that uh, sure. they, that takes like five seconds to have done. And if it does happen, I know how Brett Bielma will start his press conference about that hire. Well, he'll say that Jim Leonard was the first player that he called when he <laughs> became the head coach of Wisconsin. <laughs> that's right. Because we've heard he that story and he got about ten times already. Right. No, that's right. But again, that, uh, that decision is pending, obviously. But I think... Uh, if Colorado hires Ryan Walters, it won't be a tiny bit of a surprise at all. It would make a lot of sense. Well, wasn't Colorado trying to hire Deion Sanders? Yeah. And if I was Deion, I would run as fast as possible from that job. <laughs> and if I was Ryan Walters, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I, yeah, it's not a great job, but it, for him, it's a alma mater. It's a place he probably loves. Yeah, there's, a, there's a draw there. Maybe. And, again, kind of, what kind of money they at him. They say... They pay a million. He's just say I'm already making that, so I'm good here. But I think I think that's that's possible. He moves on. 
Another I hope big, he doesn't. Another Big Ten coaching question, Bob, is is Jim Harbaugh a better coach than Ryan Day now? Yes, he is. He's does that crazier, pain, does too, that pain so you to say that? It, it does pain me, but he's goofy as heck. But I think he's I, – I, better question, is he, is he the Big Ten coach of the year? He almost has to be. He didn't lose a game. Didn't lose a game. And but, the, but the Big Ten coach of the year, it's all coaching. Usually, award, usually goes to teams that overachieve. So, Brett, so you could uh, see Brett Bielema. Yeah, it's going to be one of those award. two. And, and, and Harbaugh won by, what, two points? So pretty cool it's called. But I think Harbaugh will win. I think he won last year, I'm assuming. I think he did. I think he won again. Well, someone, don't know who, but edited Ryan Day's Wikipedia page. His, his biographical information. Uh, he's, I can't remember his birthday, but in his birth location, someone edited it to say, on third base. Uh, that, <laughs> that Urban Meyer maybe set him up to have the success that he's had. And on his own, maybe he can't beat Jim Harbaugh, clearly. Is it fair? I mean, he's eleven and one. Right, failure. He lost two games to Michigan. The the only two. I, mean, games, I, know, I know that did. The John only Cooper two in. games that matter to Ohio State fans. Yeah, very impressive. Michigan. That was one of the better games I've seen the team play in a long time. They just were. They, I think they can win the title. They really do. Does Purdue give them a shot Saturday night? No, they got a new chance. Okay. That game right. is four, 40 points. 40 points. Yep. All right. All right, music means uh, we've made it through another Monday night here at the Esquire. Thanks Fair again fun. for Illinois softball and all the fine folks that came out to uh, to listen as well. Uh, thanks to Ed Bond. Thanks to Tamara McDaniel back at the studio. Thanks, guys. Thanks to Scott, Ed. Uh, best wishes to, uh, to Steve Kelly. And uh, we'll be back next week for more Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire.